We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending. We're now less than an hour away from the USA taking on Iran. They're in the World Cup final game of group stage play. It's pretty simple. The U.S. has to win this afternoon if they want to advance to the round of 16. A draw doesn't do them any good. It does for Iran, which is why I know Rob Brenton, our soccer guy here at the station, was mentioning that uh, perhaps this could be a situation where Iran is just trying to, to pack it in a little bit. They're willing to take a draw, whereas the U.S. has to win in order to advance. Also, England and Wales going on at the same time. There's still a scenario where the U.S. could actually end up winning the group, which impacts... Uh, the potential matchup after that. Like, it's not, yeah, they win and they advance, but there's a scenario where they win and the right result happens over with England and Wales and they could actually win this group after everything. We like to call that a must-win scenario. It is all or nothing, man. It is, it is all or nothing. As far as the betting angles for the game, uh, as you would expect, all the money is coming in on the U.S. Uh, now minus 110 for the U.S. to win this game, a draw is plus 240, and for Iran to win, it is plus 320. David Purdom over at ESPN saying 93% of the money bet on the winner of the match is on the U.S. over at Caesar Sportsbook. 4.6 of it is on Iran, 2.4% of it is a draw. In fact, more money has been bet on the U.S. alone than was bet overall on the U.S.-England match, which, which took place on Black Friday. Look, honestly, if you live in the United States, how the hell are you putting money on Iran? Honestly. Well, it's tough no, to do that and I then mean, watch the game and then sit yeah. down and root for them for for a lot of people who are probably not avid yeah, soccer like, fans. I it makes bet, it even like, harder. Like, look, I have, I have a little bet on the U.S. to win. I also have a bet on Iran to not score a goal because even if it's a draw, like I could like it could be 0-0. Zero, zero. I, don't, I don't think they're going to try to score against the U.S. So that's that's where I'm at. I'm excited. You ready, though? 1 o'clock? We're I'm ready. The, we have the video stream going on right now for us. Yeah. That will shut down around 1 o'clock, and then Rob and CDOT and Speck and, and some other people will be watching the game on our stream. Yeah. Next up on What's Trending, big statement win for the Kansas basketball team last night, taking down big statement. Texas Southern, 87-55. to 55. KU improves to 7-1 and one on the season. Texas Southern falls to 1-7. and seven. This comes after KU's uh, pretty ugly loss to Tennessee on Black Friday uh, down in the Bahamas. They bounce back, led by Jalen Wilson, 22 points. Joining him in double figures, how about this? Freshman MJ Rice had 19 points off the bench. Grady Dick with 15, who went two of six from three. He was like a 25-point favorite. Yeah. I think, in that game did you watch that game? I did, I did not watch a single second of that game. I watched Monday Night Football, and Jeff Saturday, forgetting – that he had three timeouts, thought you could carry those over to next week's game, I think, as a matter of fact. Which, by the way, 
the Jeff Saturday stuff is funny to me. Maybe I'll do it after what's trending. I'll get to it after what's trending. It was a little funny to me, the reaction last night. Next up on what's trending, congratulations to the Mahomes family. Patrick Mahomes, baby boy, uh, was born last night. Patrick Bronze Mahomes III. Bronze because he's the third, man. That's that's right. That's uh-huh. That's exactly right. We assume. We assume that's what they're meaning behind it. We'll a lot, talk, of, a lot of metallic will, references in steel, the Steel, like steel, silver, sterling. sterling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid will speak tomorrow. I'm sure there will be questions. I'm sure there will be. You'll hear them here on 610 Sports Radio. Lastly, real quick, just an update on some injuries in the NFL from NFL Network. Uh, Bears standout safety Eddie Jackson suffered what appears to be a Liz Frank injury. Big loss for that defense. Of course, that happened in the game and the loss against the Jets. Also, Eagles safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson out indefinitely after, this sounds terrible, suffering a lacerated kidney in Sunday night's win. Don't hear that injury uh, very often, but that sounds terrible. Uh, So that's where things are at on the injury front right now in the NFL. Of course, the Chiefs will learn more tomorrow maybe on where that hamstring is at for Kadarius Toney, who's uh, officially day-to-day after not playing on Sunday. That's what's trending. Here on Cody and Gold. Coming up at 1 o'clock, Nate Taylor from The Athletic will join us in studio. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Melvin Gordon signing. You guys know where I stand on, on that. We'll get back into that conversation. Also, what is a huge game on Sunday against Cincinnati. It is the one that you had circled. It's the, the game in which Mahomes had the worst half of his NFL career, as we've been talking about throughout the day uh, today. So we'll get back into that with Nate Taylor. Also, here in about eight minutes, we'll get to all 32, presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, technicians you can trust with your house keys. Real quick, though, Nick, did you watch any of the Monday Night Football game last night? No. None of it? Nope. So it actually, after being a really slow start, turned out to be somewhat entertaining. It was a good finish. Two not very good football teams, of course, the Steelers and the Colts. But the story out of that game really is Jeff Saturday and his clock management, right? They had three timeouts in their pocket, and they had a sequence which was just absolutely inexcusable uh, in terms of managing the clock. And so Jeff Saturday is getting, you know, crushed for it today. And post-game, he said he didn't feel like time was of the, of the essence, which was absolutely ridiculous since they, you know, had a sequence where Matt Ryan scrambled with 59 seconds left, set up a third and three. They didn't call a timeout. They lost 25 seconds of game time. Then they... Hurried up a run to Jonathan Taylor that got nothing. And then they had to actually call a timeout. It was just bad, bad, bad decision-making there. But what's funny to me is I saw a lot of, well, this is why you need a coach with experience. Have we not all paid attention that, and I don't disagree, but Brandon Staley, any other coach in the league, let's not act like all the guys with experience, Nick, are, not having clock management problems as well. Like, in fact, Jeff Andy Sa- Reid has Jeff- clock management yeah, issues. Like, that was always a that was really a big deal in in Philadelphia. But like, so the the notion though is funny. Like, everybody's just waiting to pounce on Jeff Saturday for that one mistake, and I get it. That's how unfortunately this stuff works. But it was just funny to me. To me, he fits in more than ever. And terrible clock management. That's what everybody else is doing in the league for the most part. And nothing to do with his experience or not. He was terrible last night. But it's not time for the victory lap. So how do you you don't think how do coming, you evaluate if this guy do, is capable of being an NFL head coach? We'll see what it is at the end of the season. Some people are just bitten. you're saying you don't want to microanalyze every little thing that happens. Yeah, look, I don't think he's going to be their head coach next year if that's what you're asking. Um, but it was terrible last night, clock management. I just think it's ridiculous. Where if everybody's like, "Well, see, I was right. No experience means he's terrible," because last night, like, 
The Andy Reid, Sean like, McVay, Bill Belichick. How many times do you see, or will we see on Sunday, where a coach misuses his timeouts, doesn't use them? It happens every week. Half a dozen times every yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so like the, that was what was weird to me about the, the reaction to Jeff Saturday. Yeah, it's, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett uh, is the easy one to come to mind. Andy Reid's done Mike it McCarthy. so many times. Mike McCarthy's done it so many times. Uh, Matt LaFleur's done it. This year, every single coach does it. You're right. It's the one thing that unites all NFL coaches, with the exception of, like, Kevin Stefanski. Oh, is he really good? There are some coaches who don't have to do anything because they just follow whatever the the bot tells them, right? Like, they have a chart that they go off of, and in these sort of situations, they're always prepared for it, under two. And they have guys on 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 the staff who just tell them, like, hey, this is the situation. If this happens, do this. If this happens, do that. That was just kind of annoying, the reaction. Like, I mean, it was terrible. No, but I'm not defending Jeff Saturday for it was a terrible so decision. It's just, it's just, it's what, it's not any, he's not unique in this. It's not because he doesn't have NFL head coaching experience. It's because for whatever reason, it seems very difficult for coaches in the league, period. Yeah, somebody else is bringing up, it. Todd Bowles did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, On yeah. Sunday with he's Tampa. Been t- he's been terrible this year. Been terrible. Actually, the worse you are at clock management, the more you seem like an actual NFL head coach. That's what I'm saying. He fits in. Jeff Saturday's right there. He's in the he's in the club now. He had his first <laughs> clock management mistake. Welcome to the NFL, man. Now he's good to go. Now he's been enshrined. He's he's an NFL head coach. Anyway, Colts lost last night to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, look, I, I think when we had talked about the Chiefs and their decisions that have to be made based on what occurs this season, there were a couple names that we always factored in. Like we knew heading into this season for the Chiefs that based on performance, a decision one way or the other will have to be made on Chris Jones. That hasn't changed, except I think the decision has already been made based on what Chris Jones is doing, right? 10 sacks, might end up getting to his career high, 15 and a half sacks. He's been incredible. He can be in the defensive player of the year conversation. You know where I'm at on that. He's not going to win it. There's a guy named Micah Parsons that exists, but Chris Jones having an incredible season. To me, the decision's been made. You're going to have to re-sign that guy. You can't let him walk. Even though he has a year left on his contract, you're going to have to redo that deal. Uh, we know that one way or the other, decision was going to have to be made on Orlando Brown Jr. I think we saw as the season progressed, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a tough guy to let walk uh, and, and not bring back. The name that I don't think has been talked about enough and why I asked the question, like, do they have enough money to make this all work, is Legereus Sneed is part of this as well. Legereus Sneed's having another really, really good season because he's not just a corner and the, you know, the sense that he's just a coverage guy. We know they like to move him around. Spags loves to have him blitz. He's involved on run plays as well. He's so versatile for this defense to where I think he will be the exception of a corner that Brett Veach and this regime is willing to actually re-sign. I guess go through. We, we know they've picked that one position to really not spend a ton of money on and allocate a ton of resources over the last couple of years since he's taken over. And that's been corner, right? They didn't give Charvarius Ward the deal. Uh, they've been bringing in different guys. And this year they spent a couple uh, draft picks, more resources than they really had. They spent a number one pick or not their number one pick on Trent McDuffie. But then the other guys were six, you know, seventh round picks, but they haven't got out and made that big splash in free agency. They haven't been willing to go and resign the guy in house. I think Snead will be that exception because that'll be the biggest That'll be the biggest question that people have towards doing it. They'll say, well, what track record do you have of showing that they're willing to give Snead the contract? And I don't. I don't have an example of another corner. But I think he's different, Nick. I think he's different. Can they make this work, though, financially? 
it's the NFL. I feel you can always maneuver the cap if you want, but there's, there's a ton of guys that they have decisions to make. And right now it's a good problem to have in a weird way, because that means all the guys I just mentioned with the exception of maybe Orlando Brown jr. Are all having really good seasons. If there was one casualty, who would it be for you of those three Ooh. guys? If you could only afford to resign two of them. Yeah. So Chris Jones, I think I just told you, you know, is, is a guy you have to have He's back. a lot. Yeah. Ha- have to have him back. I don't care. It's going to cost you a ridiculous amount of money. Have to have him back. He's too damn good. I know he'll be crossing over to 30 at some point during that contract. He has to come back. Orlando Brown Jr. Is, is weird. I think a lot of people would gravitate right away and say, oh, that's the guy I don't want back. But I will remind you. He would also be the most expensive or the second most expensive he, of the bunch. He would. The, pro- the only reason why I'm not putting him at number one, like, hey, I'll just move on, is it's a left tackle. We already know they probably need a right tackle as well long term. And so you're going you're gonna to off offseason needed to find a left and a right tackle. And who are you finding that's going to be that cheap at left tackle I, in general? Like if you're saying hey, I can find a cheaper option, I don't, I don't know if you can. And so I, it, Orlando Brown Jr. is not on that list for me as the automatic guy that I would leave out. What's tough on this is Juju Smith-Schuster's been great this year. I won him back in Kansas City. But knowing how this offense operates, if you're telling me one of the, the, out of the five guys or whatever we've been talking about that you could easily pass on or make it easier to pass on, he's probably it. I think they need him. That's interesting. But that's the guy because – I feel like a lot of – Fans would probably disagree. I with agree. You. I I know. Well, he's a, he's also a fan favorite, and I I thought I loved the signing this past off season. Uh, I I was someone that said he can be a thousand yard receiver again, while others did not. So it's not that I don't think he's great. You're asking me out of a group of Jones, Brown, Sneed, and Juju Smith Schuster, who is quote unquote easier to walk on from a how does it impact the team next year? And I'm just telling you that that might actually be that. Is that or Sneed? But don't you think that? Sneed would be easier to replace than Juju simply because there are no options out there at wide receiver. And you already have one in-house in Trip McDuffie who could potentially be a number one cornerback. I'm factoring the financial end of it. I think, yeah, re- replacing just if we're just talking about and acting as if money didn't exist and we're just talking about replacing, maybe you're right. But look at the free agent market to your point. Well, what do you think the, the dollar amount's going to be for Juju? Like, that's my concern with him is does a dollar amount get to a point where then it impacts? If I told you that signing Juju prevents you getting a long-term deal done with Chris Jones, what's your answer then? The, no, there's no scenario yeah, where yeah. I would let that happen. What about Patrick Mahomes? Somebody brings this up on the text line. Yeah, he can restructure. He, he is owed, I believe his cap number next year is $46.8 million. Like restructuring his deal could probably save you a lot of money, but how much? Because you, you avoided doing that this year. We thought yeah. that was going to happen in 2022. Mm-hmm. You thought they were going to have to restructure his deal to potentially get a, an Orlando Brown Jr. extension done. That didn't happen, which in the long run is great, right? Because that's money that you didn't kick down the road this year, but now you do it this year. Knowing yeah. that there are multiple guys you want to resign and a couple of them are going to be big money deals. I would imagine you're going to restructure that deal. How much money could you potentially it's, save there? I mean, it's eventually they are going to. Re- the question, yeah, is, is it this year or the next year that they're going to have to restructure the Mahomes deal? We know he's not going to continue to play out this deal, as great of a deal as it is for both parties. Uh, we've seen where the contracts have been handed out for quarterbacks. At some point, he's not going to be just cool with being the ninth highest paid quarterback by cap hit whenever that number gets to that point. Like, he's not, I think he's not even top five this year, Nick. In cap hit, he's, he's like he's like sixth or seventh. Is that right? In terms of cap hit of quarterbacks this season, great for for both parties here. But just 
at some point you'll have to do that. Yeah, maybe that's a, a way to alleviate it. I looked this up. There's only 33 players under contract next year for the Chiefs already, on the books at least. And one of them's Frank Clark. They could save, I think it's $20 million by cutting Frank Clark in the offseason. Still have a $9 million dead cap hit, but I believe they can save 20 mil. So, okay, there's 32 players under contract, then uh, you would still have to figure out what you're going to do on the Orlando Brown Jr. front. And I get it because of fans' frustration with Orlando Brown Jr. That seems like the obvious answer to a lot of people of like, hey, that's the guy I'm willing to move on from. I will just ask you again, though, then who's playing left tackle next season? Some dude. Some guy off the street. Yikes. You know, it's funny. Yikes. They, it's tough to grade, like, pass blocking, like, units as a whole. I want to talk to Nate Taylor about this as well, because he sort of hinted at it last week that the offensive line is coming along. To what extent, right? Because if, if we're talking about this team now being a top five pass blocking unit in the NFL, and I'm always going to yeah. be more concerned with your ability to protect Mahomes than I am about run blocking because of how this offense plays. If we're talking about this being a top five offensive line in the NFL and knowing that he's playing the most important position on the line, do we have to rethink our thoughts on, on what you do with Orlando Brown? One scenario is still that he was tagged this year, as we know, but you could theoretically tag him again and then trade him, get draft assets back, and use those draft assets to go up and trade and get or to, to go up and draft a tackle. But then you're talking about a rookie left tackle. My goodness, that's a complete unknown. And you still need the long-term option at right tackle. And I just want to say, well, don't forget Lucas Niang. The guy hasn't played in forever. I understand he was finally active, but like that's an I they've got there's just there's a lot of questions still going into the offseason. They're they're in good shape still cap wise to and, and draft asset wise to make it happen. But there's going to be some more tough decisions. I just think Snead is now part of the conversation before the season started. We wouldn't have even probably talked too much about like, Oh, he's one of those guys yeah. that you have to, and now add his name. I think he's another guy that you need to take well, care of. I would say this with Orlando Brown jr. There may be an, there may be a scenario where all of a sudden you're more interested in re-signing him. Not for that amount. Well, yeah, of course. No, no, no. Never, I, never, ever. Are you giving him the contract that you, he wanted last year? Oh, that's long gone. That's long gone, and he should he should have ended up taking the deal that they offered him this offseason. That that deal's not there anymore. Yeah, so when I say that, like I don't think it's impossible that he's back. It's not that he's getting the deal that he wants. It's that like that still might be his best option. Do you not think that the scenario of tagging him and trading him is still on the on the oh, table? I definitely think yeah. it is. I, think I definitely think it I is. think that's possible. I think that's certainly. What do you get for him? <sighs> that I have. Well, it's Nate Taylor that coming up at one o'clock maybe. Nate Taylor will join us from the athletic. Yeah, because I I don't know. Knowing that you will have to, if you're the team that trades for him, you're gonna have to give him a new. Yeah, deal. that didn't stop the Chiefs from getting a big haul from Tyreek Hill. Yeah. No, you- no, <laughs> Tyreek Tyree Hill, top five at his position. Or I know, Brown but Jr.'s not. I know, but in terms of money, yeah, the money is not all that different. Like it is. Like you're right, Tyreek Hill gets paid more, but in terms of oh, he's just a be- yeah, he's just positional a- value and the money that you give to top players like Orlando Brown Jr. We don't want the Chiefs to give him that contract. Right. That doesn't mean that there's not another team out there that would give him $23 million a year. I'm sure there are. We'll get back into this with Nate Taylor coming up in about 40 minutes as he joins us in studio. Let's get to all 32, though, in the NFL, presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Technicians you can trust with your house keys. We go across the NFL for this one. We had Vinny Pasquantino, our NFL insider, join us earlier on the show. Of course, huge Jets fan, although I saw he tweeted out shortly after coming on our show and said that he is going to work on the split Chiefs-Jets jersey. Uh, he was asking people to come up with some some mocks of it. And someone very quickly, within about 15 minutes, already had a mock half Chiefs, half Jets jersey. Beautiful. I bring that up because my all 32 centers around the New York Jets for a second here. And I don't know after watching Mike White how you can not think that the Zach Wilson era in New York is not done. 
right? Like Robert Sala last week had said that, you know, this isn't it for Zach Wilson. You know, he needs a reset. We plan on having him start a game or two still the rest of the season, later on in the season. That never made sense because if Mike White performed well and you won games, you're obviously not going back to the guy that was not winning games for you when you were trying to make the playoffs. And if Mike White fails, uh, are you still next year feeling good about Zach Wilson? I think Zach Wilson's done as a starting quarterback with the Jets. As long as Mike White stays healthy, this is his, this is his team for the rest of the season. And I don't know how you go back to Zach Wilson. Do you still think that Zach Wilson has potential, untapped potential there? Because what we see a lot of times with these backup quarterbacks yeah. is, and I'm not, this isn't a knock on Mike White who played great, is that they just run the offense. You see that we saw this with Cooper yeah. Rush. You see this with Taylor Heineke in Washington. And I think you saw it with Mike White is they come in and they're not doing as much ad-libbing. They're not doing as much, hey, let me just showcase my arm. They're running the offense. They're going through the reads. They're processing and making the throws. They're running the same offense that they were installing four months ago. Like, but don't you think there is still untapped potential with Zach Wilson that's going to cause them to not completely yeah. throw in the towel there? I don't know, man. I liked him coming out of college. I thought he could be – it's hard to believe with what we've seen, especially to see how inst- right away how good that offense looked without him. His decision-making sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> like – I don't know. And you know what? I, I'm convinced. Here's my take. I'm convinced that Zach Wilson's baby face is not doing him any favors. It's tough to oh, respect. Oh, you think some, in the locker room? Don't you think it's tough to respect a guy who's also got bad body language? He had a terrible press conference last weekend after the game when he didn't think that he let the defense The baby down. face works when he's cougar hunting, though, man. It's it been does. working and for when him. He, and you know what? When he's, when he's 45 years old, he's going to be glad that he has that baby face. But right now, as he's trying to win over a locker room full of professional football players i don't think it does him any favors speaking of quarterbacks who haven't won over their locker rooms the cardinals lose again second straight loss they fall to four and eight their season is over cliff kingsbury is going to be the scapegoat in arizona i think we know that much it's it'll be tough to imagine how they would bring him back for another season but i i don't know what the cardinals are going to do with the kyler murray situation after the game so you think it's already done for Cliff? I'm, I'm not. I don't think it's. You an think auto- they would I, bring him back? I don't think it's. So you're saying it's an automatic. He's gone. I. I don't believe it's an automatic. Cliff well, okay. Kingsbury, who just got a contract extension. Okay. I don't think okay. It's an automatic. Then my question for you would there, be. Though. My question for you would be. Do you think there's any scenario where they hit the off season and everybody come? They just run it back again next year. Same coach, same quarterback. Yeah. Just- yeah, their general manager, their quarterback, and their head coach all got extensions at the same time this past offseason. So I don't think it's a 0% chance that all three are back. Um, you're correct on if there's a scapegoat and they feel like they have to find one. We know the coach is the easiest guy to get rid of. They're not going to fire the GM, and Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. I, I, they did go to the playoffs last year. Every year they've with, already got more losses every, this year than they had last season. Every year, with the exception of this year, Cliff Kingsbury won more games, with well, the exception listen. of this year. Now, I'm not denying that it's been a disaster and a circus. We've all watched the Hard Knocks clips that have come out. Listen, I'm not arguing against that. In fact, I think their biggest issue is at quarterback. I think Kyler Murray well, sure. is, yeah. is a disaster. After the game, he said, quote, we are bleeped schematically. I don't know what you're to do when you're in a situation like the Cardinals found them in this past offseason. We talked about this at the time. Trade you, Kyler. You had no Trade option, him. right? You couldn't do that as a team because every franchise 
for years and years is trying to get that franchise quarterback, that guy who's got next-level talent, which Kyler clearly does. But I don't know how you convinced yourself that this guy was going to be a potential Super Bowl-winning quarterback or would get you to that point. But they felt like they had no option other than to give him that massive contract. It's exactly what they did. And if you're a Cardinals fan, do you feel good about the direction of your franchise right now? Do you feel good about the people who are in that building who are trying to lead this and get this team to the next level? Because I don't know how you convince yourself that Kyler's getting you there. No, no, it's, you're, in a, you're in a terrible spot. But I just don't know if it's if there's an easy fix right now other than uh, you find a suitor somehow that would take Kyler Murray. Because I agree, I think he is the biggest problem. He doesn't strike me as a guy that can can lead that franchise, period. Like You, you just mentioned you were kind of joking by mentioning like Zach Wilson, like, how do guys look at him in the locker room? How do, how do guys in Arizona look at Kyler Murray and think that that's the guy I want to follow? Well, they remember there were reports coming out yeah. last year that they didn't. Yeah, I think so. And you saw the, the, the hard knock stuff with him getting uh, into it with DeAndre Hopkins a couple weeks ago. Steve Kime is the GM is the one. Like It's because he's a GM. Nobody like outside of Arizona is really talking about. Everybody just knows Cliff and Kyler, so that's just where we all gravitate. But like that's the guy that gave the contract out. That's the guy. He, he gave a contract out to Kyler, and he gave the contract out to, to Cliff. So if you're going to be like, hey, it's Cliff's fault. The GM gave the contract to Kyler and the contract to Cliff. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? Oh, Kirk Cousins. I think his players, I think his teammates love him. I do too. I think they, Which is they, crazy to say because <laughs> I, I don't think them. the talent level is even yeah. close between those two, but Not I think you're right. Not the athletic ability, but like I, I, I trust, it sounds weird. I, I trust Kirk Cousins okay. right now more than Kyler okay, Murray. Okay, Kyler of Murray or Derek Carr? Derek Carr seems like a great teammate. <laughs> does he not? Like we, yeah, make, he does. we can teammates joke. love him too. We can Devontae Adams went there to play with him. Poke fun at Derek Carr all we want, but I think he's a hell of a teammate. I think his team. I think he's someone people do gravitate towards. Yeah. And Kyler Murray, it's the the complete opposite. All right, that's all. Thirty two in the NFL, presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric Technicians. You can trust with your house keys. Up next, the Chiefs are in a spot for the first time this season. But who's right after him? We'll tell you what that is next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Nick Schwert with you on a Tuesday. Coming up in about eight minutes, we'll get to some of the details in that are coming out with the Lance Leipold contract. I thought there was one part in it that's actually really, really interesting. So he signed that contract extension last week, but the details coming out today uh, and what a few of the specific items that it actually mean for what could happen there in Lawrence going forward. So I'll get to that in just a little bit. Also, we're about 25 minutes away from a World Cup match between, of course, USA and Iran. Uh, Nate Taylor going to be in studio with us at 1 o'clock as well. And for those of you that are watching on the video stream, at 1 o'clock, it'll shift over to World Cup watch party downstairs. Uh, you'll see Rob, CDOT, uh, our boss, Speck, and others be watching the, the World Cup match. So we'll be doing that. Do you get your bets in, Nick? You, you good? You locked in? No, I told you I'm done. I retired from betting on soccer. Oh. I bet on it one time. And didn't understand that. Three-way if betting. the two teams draw, yeah. you don't just get your money back. Yeah, that's In fact, you're supposed to bet on that. Yeah, there's three outcomes. Yeah, I didn't look that closely. <laughs> there's three outcomes. When I made my first bet or when I doubled down on that first bet, hmm. subsequently lost both of them, and that was the moment I realized I shouldn't be betting on sports I don't understand. Yeah. No, I got a couple, couple bets in. I'll probably bet live once I go down there after the show at, at two, but I got a couple bets in. Uh, and I'm excited. I mean, obviously, it's it's pretty simple. You got to win to advance. Uh, maybe we'll hit on that in the one o'clock hour a- as well. Um, but I, I wanted to get back into the Chiefs a little bit here because the Chiefs are in a spot that they haven't been all year, and it's an unusual thing because for the last two years they've always been the Super Bowl favorites at the beginning of the season. That's been the case. They, you know, a couple years ago they were right there with the Bucks. They were pretty much tied. Uh, then they were Super Bowl favorites pretty quickly. This year in all offseason, it's been the Buffalo Bills. Well, for the first time all year, the Chiefs are the actual Super Bowl favorites over at multiple sports books, including uh, our official sports book of 610 Sports Radio, FanDuel. So the Chiefs are plus 430, Bills plus 450, the Eagles plus 650, the Niners are plus 650. Those are the four most likely, or at least I should say, four highest rated teams in, in odds markets right now. Uh, to win the Super Bowl. And it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, the, the Bills being preseason favorites, nobody had any issue with that, I don't think, for the most part, considering their roster, their quarterback, uh, what we thought the AFC West was going to be and how that could impact the number one seed and everything like that. Of course, fast forward now, the AFC West is awful. The East is the dominant division. And Josh Allen looks more vulnerable than he has in a couple of years. And now the Bills don't have Von Miller for an unknown amount of time. So it makes makes a lot of sense. And you got Patrick Mahomes playing is better than any quarterback. I want to say as good as better than any good quarterback 
and football and this defense is better than we thought it would be offensively they're just as good if not better than they were so it all makes sense and now it just took till week 13 for the Chiefs to become Super Bowl favorites what I'm asking though is who are the other teams that you think actually can win it we all I think believe the Chiefs of course can win the Super Bowl but who are those other teams is it one other team is it five other teams Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Because for me, still, if I'm looking at what both conferences are, we know the better quarterbacks are in the AFC. Plain and simple, it's not even close. Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and Tua, for that matter, add him in the mix. On the NFC side, it's Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that's where you're at. So, but the NFC. What's weird about the NFC? If I just look at two teams in particular, I guess the Cowboys can be in this mix as well. The Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Niners. All three of those teams lack that top five quarterback, but they've all got more complete rosters than just about anybody in the yeah. NFL. They have talent at every level, both sides of the ball. Like yeah. the Eagles, for an instance, right? Great cornerbacks, great offensive line, great receivers, and a quarterback who just knows how to run the system. Cowboys. Good receivers, not great. Good receivers. Might add Beckham. We'll see. Great defensive line, right? Maybe the best defense in the NFL. Definitely. Quarterback who knows how to run the system. Same thing can be said for the Niners. Whereas the AFC is elite quarterback. Maybe some holes around the roster a little bit, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're going to take the talent at the quarterback position. Which is why if you're asking me to, yeah, here are the, the three, four, five most likely teams to win it. I'm actually going to give you more NFC teams than AFC teams because the path to get there through the NFC for everything you just had laid out there, Nick, you can envision more t- possible teams actually representing the NFC in the Super Bowl to me than I, I can personally with the AFC. So on the AFC side, and therefore in this whole conversation, like I still think the Chiefs of the Bills will represent the AFC. Something we all probably would have said at the beginning of the season. I haven't changed. Look, I think the Dolphins are having a fantastic season. Tua deserves a ton of credit. Mike McDaniel deserves a ton of credit because Tua looks like the quarterback that everybody thought he could have been coming out of college. Uh, it makes Brian Flores look pretty bad, by the way, that Tua looks as good as he does. Obviously, they went out and added Tyree Kill, and that whole offense is ridiculous. I worry about the Dolphins' defense. I think they're more like the 2018 Chiefs, which was an AFC title game appearance, but the defense really struggled throughout the postseason. That's kind of where I'm at on Miami. You know, Cincinnati's interesting. They're coming on strong, but are they going to win the division or are they going to have to be a, a road playoff team throughout the entire postseason? So my teams, if I'm picking uh, right now, it's the Chiefs and the Bills. It's the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Cowboys is who I would select out of my five teams that I think could actually go and win it because the NFC, somebody's representing the NFC, and if they're in the Super Bowl, it's not unheard of to think that one of those teams could win. So the Bengals are interesting because they just did exactly that last year. Mm-hmm. They did, They went on the road. Oh, They won their division. They won their division. They had one home playoff game, right? Yeah, then but the they Bengals decided won. to go to Kansas City right, but they for the AFC Championship game to, to get to the Super Bowl. They got Bowl. one home game. I'm saying if, the, if Cincinnati's a wild card and they got to play on the road for three straight games, that's different. All right, but what yeah. if it does? So, does your opinion change if they end up winning the AFC North? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And because it depends on, then I know they're a top four seed. Do they have a chance to still be the two seed, the three seed? If they beat Kansas City. There's no reason why you can't think they have an outside chance to be one of those top three seeds. So, yeah, a little bit. It's tough for me to imagine anyone other than the Eagles beating any of those teams from the AFC in the Super Bowl. I get it. It's one game. Anything can happen. But, like, I don't want to use that as an argument. Anything could happen. Then I could have no, the Jets but, going to the Super Bowl. So, if yeah. I'm just saying what can I imagine happening, it's tough for me to imagine Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins or, honestly, Dak Prescott hoisting a Lombardi trophy. 
The Eagles might be the only team from the NFC I'm taking seriously. Yeah, so I, if you're asking me just to make a flat-out bet, which you can, by the way, of AFC or NFC Super Bowl champ, yeah, I, I, I would put my money on the AFC representative without even knowing who it is right now. Like, I would, right now, if I had to make the bet, Nick, and you said AFC or NFC, yeah, I, I'm going to put money on whoever's representing the AFC. It could be the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Bengals, who knows, Ravens. I, I would take that as well. Um, I just think the NFC is more wide open, I think, than you do, maybe. That's what it is. Like, and 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 you're saying you only think you only think the Eagles can win it. And that might be fair, and that might be true. I don't think it's this automatic thing the Eagles even get there. And that's why I that's why I have to give you multiple teams on the NFC side. How about this? The Buccaneers, just for argument's sake, the Buccaneers have three games left against the NFC South. They played the Saints this weekend and then they close their year versus the Panthers and at the Falcons. So as they currently sit at five and six, they could finish with a losing record, still win that division and go to the playoffs at like eight and nine. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I know, this. I know, I know. <laughs> could a, could a, could an eight and nine Buccaneers team go it's to the Tom Super Brady, Bowl? Never count them out. Right. Honestly. Right. I mean, as bad as they look. As bad as they look. Yeah, I don't like to, to sit here and say it'd be impossible. No, of course not. They just look terrible. I mean, if the fact, if the fa- would you fear them? Would you fear them? If, if, if you were an NFC team, oh, if I was a team, like if I was the Giants and I got Daniel Jones and it's still t- like, yeah, if I, if I, yeah, and, that, and that's her. Now, I don't think they, the Bucks would go on this run throughout the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl, but in a wild card game, could I see the Bucks, a crappy eight win Bucks team hosting? a wild card giants team and beating the giants. Hell yeah. Could you, couldn't you? Hell yeah. And if you see that team matched up against you in the wild card round of the playoffs, you're not treating them like an eight and nine team. You're treating yeah. them like you would Tom Brady. Yeah. You're going to say, damn it. <laughs> well, our season's over. <laughs> like, there's a real chance. Like honestly, like right now, what's the, the play, who are the, let me go through. What, what are the, who are the quarterbacks in the NFC playoff picture right now? Like name all of them. Well, Jalen Hurts, so Jimmy Hurts. Garoppolo, okay, uh, Dak D- Prescott, yeah, Kirk Cousins, and then if you get to the wild cards, it would be, um, well, Geno Smith still, Daniel Jones. Oh, and Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. Actually, it's not even Geno Smith. The Seahawks are out. So right now, the playoff teams in the NFC right now would be yeah, the Jalen Hurts Eagles, Kirk Cousins Vikings, Jimmy G Niners, Brady Bucks still as a four seed. Dak and the Cowboys, Daniel Jones and the Giants, and Taylor Heineke, Washington Commanders is the seventh seed. Like, that's why, to answer your question about Brady even, it's like, yeah, that's why I could see them winning a playoff game. Like, the other quarterbacks, like Heineke, Jones, and Jimmy G are see, the quarterbacks. You don't take the Niners as seriously I as don't. I do. Everybody loves them. I get I know I'm on the minority on this. I get. The Aren't they the exact the same team they I, were three the, years ago when they went to the Super Bowl? Maybe. maybe better. Maybe. Maybe more weapons on offense. Perhaps. Nick yeah, perhaps. Bosa is playing like an all pro, like a top pass rusher. But there's in the no NFL guarantee. Again. Like, it's like, aren't they better than we're three years? Like, it's a complete. That was three years ago, though. Like, that's completely different. I mean, that is. It was three years ago, and now they're in a, in a conference where all of the great quarterbacks, there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's no Tom Brady, at least we think, like, going to be playing a serious factor in that. There's no Drew Brees anymore. I guess all I'm those just not guys as are in, gone. I'm just not as infatuated with, the, with Kyle Shanahan as everybody else. That's all. Like, you would think he's the greatest coach in the league the way some people will talk about that guy. Wouldn't you say that he's had a pretty good run? He's had a great run, but I will also point out, what's the stat that they always put he up in these games? winning. If he's trailing in a fourth quarter, he can't win. Can't win. Well, that's probably a Jimmy G indictment more than anything else. Well, guess who's his quarterback? Well, 
They're still seven. What, you four. know the stat I'm talking about, though, right? Like, it, they, it, it flat. I think I took a screenshot of it. I don't know if I saw it on my phone. We yeah, talked about. I know, it, we, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but we, we talked about it on the show, and it's like, and you're right because his style of play, they have to be up. It's odd that you trust the Vikings, but you don't trust the Niners. Yeah, because well, you and I differ on Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. They win in the playoffs a lot too, you know. Well, the Vikings haven't been in the playoffs. That's what you're, that's what you're saying. You're well, correct. Well, you should start there. But they're See, going to be in the playoffs this year, Nick. I'm, you keep referencing things from three years ago. I'm talking about they were in this the NFC season. Championship last this, year. This season, they yes, beat they the Packers were. and went to the NFC Championship one season ago. And what do you know? They're going to win their division and go to the playoffs again yeah. this year. Oh, let's not act like winning their division is his great accomplishment this year. Let's not act like. Okay, that see, this. it doesn't matter what I come at you with. You're just going to try and say that it's not that impressive. Whether they went to the Super Bowl, won the NFC, or went to the NFC Championship last year, they're winning Dude, again this Chris year. They McCaffrey's got the best defense even, in the NFL. Chris McCaffrey's not even healthy right now. No, they're they're a contender. They but were I, a contender before they're, Christian McCaffrey. They're, they're a contender, but this idea, like, if I, like you and others talking about the 49ers, like they're they're like right below the Eagles, man, and they're just this, and look, yeah, yeah, I do think they're right and, below the Eagles. And you and the public agree because again, the the Niners are plus six fifty, like they have the fourth best odds on the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you, I would rather put money on the Cowboys at nine to one or the Vikings at 17 to one than a plus six to one. The chiefs were six to one or eight to one to win Super Bowl before the season started. I'm sure as hell not putting the Niners at six to one as a bet to win the Super Bowl right now. So if you close your eyes, you can imagine Kirk cousins hoisting the Lombardi trophy as confetti falls. It's got to get into the playoff. or got to get in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, that's the only way you get to hold the Lombardi. Yeah, but you're you're acting as if that you think if the the 49ers are more likely you just flat out think they're just more likely to win it if they got there than the Vikings. And I'm saying if the Vikings got there, they would have beat the 49ers. They would have beat the 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 Philadelphia Eagles most likely. And then you would like there just seems to be new barriers that are put up every single time we in general talk about the Vikings. But isn't that fair for all of the sample size that they suggests the that Bills, Kirk Cousins isn't they, a great they, quarterback? They beat the Bills and there was like, well that's not good enough. Then uh, Thursday night football, it was a really good game. You can say, oh, the Patriots suck. Their defense doesn't suck. They beat them. Well, that's the Patriots. They're like, it seems like with Kirk Cut, there's narratives that have been established for a while, and sometimes it's fair, and it's they can change. And I feel like when it comes to him, like not nobody's willing to ever give any any credit whatsoever. That's all. Random question. I just wanted to talk about Leipold's contract. It's not really a random question, but if you, well, you make have, it do, random. Have, do you have a random question? Make it random. Do you think this is interesting? <laughs> That can be our new catch-all whenever we don't have a random question. <laughs> it's a random question brought to you by the Windows Sources of Kansas City. Do you think this is interesting? Uh, so the so the numbers have come out for Lance Leipold's contract extension at KU. Okay, uh, it's a new deal, five million dollars in the first year, hundred thousand dollar increases, gets a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonus. His buyout, which is the most important thing here, goes up to twelve and a half mil. It decreases each year. Okay, normal stuff. His original contract, if you were wondering was 16 and a half mil over a six, six year deal paid him about 2.2 million a year. What's interesting in the contract, it says if stadium renovations do not meaningfully begin, now I don't know what mean meaningfully did they like break ground? I don't know. Begin by December of next year. He can terminate the contract for $0. If the football complex, Anderson family football complex renovations don't start by July, he can terminate the contract for zero dollars. That's really interesting. That ensures you like the, the damn stadium projects happening. There's no way they would have agreed Nick to put that in the contract for something that has to happen by next December. 
if they wanted if they were willing to risk the fact that he could just walk away for nothing. That's not all gold. What else is in there? Well, how about interesting? A, how about a clause that ensures that Lance Leipold will always be one of the top six highest paid coach, excuse me, one of the top yeah, five yeah. highest paid coaches in the Big Twelve, or the fact that his buyout is not going to be all that high, meaning that KU doesn't have a ton of stability, even with the length of this contract. Now, well, look, uh, look, it's $12.5 million yeah. before April of next year. Then it yeah. gets cut in half before April of 2024. But basically, by year three of this extension, yeah. you're talking about a $4 million buyout. So all I'm yeah. hearing is... Two years. <laughs> I'm hearing two years, but yeah. I'm, I'm also seeing... A lot of concessions made to make Lance Leipold happy and not a lot of things that ensure long-term stability for Kansas football. Look, he had all the leverage, right? You know, he had all the leverage in the situation. There were job opportunities potentially at Nebraska or Wisconsin. Uh, He has brought KU football to somewhat of relevancy, right, considering where they had been. And that gives you an enormous amount of leverage in negotiations. And so he got what he wanted. <laughs> he got he got the raise and he got some opportunities. Like, I think when we saw the deal come out 2029, right, that's what it takes it to. None of us actually think he's coaching here in 2029, right? No, I mean, right. he'd be how old by then? Well, it's not even, it's not even the age. Thing. I just think because of what you're laying out there, like. Coach, first I off, think coaches just thrilled. don't yeah. stick around that long. Exactly. Yeah, unless you're the Sweeney, the Dabos and the, the Sabins or whatever, yeah. right? So that that's it. That's fine. The goal is, can you keep him here for like two or three more years? And that's where you're at. Now, if you keep a head coach for six or seven years, that's, uh, yeah. as long as you're having some level of success, that was a successful tenure. Yeah. So look, I'm not surprised by the way it's, it's late. I think it's interesting. Like the buyout decreasing is normal. Like we expected that. I just think that the stadium stuff's kind of interesting where it's like, Hey, if you, you guys basically promising the stadium project's going to happen, if you don't get it started by December, 2023, then I can just walk away and I there's no buyout. Which, as a KU fan, I actually like in a weird way because it ensure. I feel like it does ensure that they are going to get the stadium thing done because we hadn't we haven't heard or seen anything since that college game day the day before they announced this plan. No renderings, nothing, <laughs> nothing have come out since. So I actually like that that clause is in there because if they don't get their act together with it, then you're losing your head coach. Well, and that's good for Kansas as well. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I like that as a as a KU alum. I think that I think that is well, a good thing because th- these things are these things are in tandem, right? You're not getting a stadium unless the donors know that Lance Leipold's going to be there. Because if I if I'm a donor sure, sure, sure. and you come asking me for ten million dollars for twenty million dollars, <laughs> I'm going to say, well, do you have the head coach? Because I'm not giving you my money until I know that you have uh, like this guy who has brought us to relevancy yeah. around. And if I'm Lance Leibold, I'm saying, well, do you guys have the money for this stadium? <laughs> or is this just an idea? Like you said, you have a $300 million stadium. You have $300 million. Cause I'd like to see some of that too. So I do like that. Those two things are moving in lockstep. Sticking with college football. So just some news out of Manhattan, uh, Adrian Martinez uh, reports out or he may be available this week for K-State, but Chris Kleiman saying Will Howard will be the guy for the Big 12 title game against TCU, as he, as he should be uh, for K-State. Of course, you can hear the K-State game against TCU in the Big 12 title game Saturday right here on 610 Sports Radio, your home for the Wildcats. We will talk later on in the week a little bit more about uh, that particular matchup. And it's weird. It's, it's, a, it's a Big 12 title game, huge deal, right? But the result... I, it's not going to change as much as we would have thought. What I'm saying is, like, I think K State's going to the Sugar Bowl no matter what. 
It's just whether or not you're going to be Big 12 champs, which is huge. But the bowl game is the bowl game. And for TCU, the way the college football playoff stuff is sorted out, and we'll get the rankings tonight, right? TCU, unless they got blown out on Saturday, I think there's suddenly a chance they could still get in. Before, I would have said they have to run the table, have to run the table, no chance. And now I think there's a scenario somehow if TC were to lose, which is definitely possible, to K-State, and they don't get blown out, I think TCU could still be the fourth college football playoff team if everything broke right because of the chaos that happened with Clemson losing, LSU losing, Ohio State losing in the fashion that they did. Yeah, because, I mean, Georgia, Michigan are locks. Like, there is no way either one of those teams gets knocked out. TCU wins, of course, they're automatically, basically, basically automatically in uh, if they win. If they lose, I don't think it's an automatic that they're out anymore. I would have said yes a week ago. Yeah, if you if you go based off of ESPN's playoff predictor, even if K-State wins that game and USC beats Utah, they still have TCU at having a 67% yeah. chance of making the playoff. And Ohio State would be the fourth team, even though they're not playing yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I would say this. Some of these playoff predictors are a little funny because <laughs> one thing that has been very consistent with the college football playoff is that the college football playoff committee – have not had the same criteria year after year. So it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if all of a sudden, like they don't value that extra game. That that was the whole thing about the Big 12 adding the championship game was the extra data point. These other teams, the 13th data point. Well, Ohio State's not going to have that data point. Does that mean that they're going to be nicked for it? We'll find out. So makes it fun heading into championship weekend in college football. Up next, though, we get right back to the Chiefs. Nate Taylor from The Athletic joins us in studio here on 610 Sports Radio. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 